Welcome to the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. I am Jeff Rubin, and today I'm talking to Eric Striffler, director of Nyctophobia Haunted House in Long Island, New York. Eric, welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. I am very, very excited to be chatting with you, sir. Thank you for having me. Eric, uh, what is Nyctophobia, and what makes it unique as a haunted house? Okay, so this is interesting. Usually now, or at least specifically this year, when people ask what is Nyctophobia, I just kind of answer yes. Because I don't know how exactly to answer it anymore. It's become something completely crazy. So almost just asking what is it is like the answer. But basically, um, it is, you know, technically a haunted house in the sense that it's around Halloween. It's something you go to to get scared. Uh, but it's a lot more than that because it's really sort of a mix of uh, promenade theater where you're kind of walking around a space and interacting with actors. Uh, it's also got an element of a scavenger hunt sometimes because you sometimes go from one location to another. Uh, so there's a lot of elements built in that it's not just, you know, walking into a building through a maze and there's people in masks jumping out at you. You know, we've got elements of that, but it's kind of growing to be bigger. We're like testing the limits of what we can do uh, with this sort of thing around Halloween. All right. So now that we know where we're going, let's start at the beginning. What happened to you when you were a kid that made you want to do this? <laughs> I, you know, I'd rather I'd rather not talk about that, but uh, something terrible. Um, no, you know, I don't know where I get it from uh, because it just sort of cropped up. It, it, pretty much most of the things that I'm into, I'm also into filmmaking. That came out of nowhere. None of my parents are involved in anything like this. So um, are you from Long Island? Yes, I'm from Long Island, um, but uh, and I, I grew up there, and I loved, since I was young, well, when I was really young, I was a little too scared to go to these sort of things, but, you know, obviously, I guess that's most kids. Um, I started going to one on Long Island, it's, I want to say it's the longest running one, it's called the Spooky Walk at Camp Aquatic in Sendum Riches, and uh, it's been going for, I don't even know, this might be the 25th year, I'm not sure, but um, it's been going for a long time. It's a charity, and it's fantastic, and so as, as young as I can remember, maybe like 12 years old, I was trying to work there. And uh, my dad would call up for me every year and they, you know, he'd say, can he work there? He's 12. They'd say he's too young, so he can't do it. And I would be very upset. And then one year, uh, 10 years ago, actually, is when I first started working there uh, because I was old enough with an adult, basically. And I just, you know, I grabbed a mask at Party City. I, uh, I put it on with I brought some friends. We uh, we got some costumes and just scared people out in the woods. And then from there, it was just I loved it so much. I loved the adrenaline and I loved um just, you know, people are looking to have fun. They're looking to get scared. And I am absolutely in love with being able to do that to people. I guess that's the filmmaking thing as well. It's all about affecting people's emotions and their, you know, just their feelings. So I guess that's kind of where it stems from. Are you, when you make films, is it horror? Uh, you know what? A lot of them are, I wouldn't say horror so much as they got kind of a thriller vibe to them. But there's definitely, yeah, they're definitely dark. I will say that. Um, and I'm, you know, I, I, that's not all I want to do, but it's definitely just, I guess it comes to me a little more naturally. So I suppose that makes sense. I'm fascinated by this 12 year old kid who <laughs> just wanted to work at the haunted house. Like, were you, yeah. did you see like a Friday the 13th movie when you were really little? Was there like something that put this in you? You know, when I was a kid, I was definitely kind of a, it wasn't a scaredy cat, but it's like, I liked getting scared. You know what I mean? So I would get scared by things. I would watch, you know. Um, maybe a scary movie, although, you know, really not that many. I guess when I was younger, I didn't. But as I grew up, I started to. Um, I would watch a scary movie, and I would be scared by it. And so I think a lot of people watch a scary movie, they're scared by it, and then they're like, I don't want to do that again. Whereas I loved the thrill, and I loved the rush. Knowing it's not real, um, there's that element of sort of, you get to be scared, but in a safe environment. So deep down, you know it's not real. And that's basically the same from a horror movie or, you know, like watching Goosebumps or Are Afraid of the Dark or something like that to a haunted house. You know it's not real, but in the moment, if you give yourself to it, you can feel like you're in a scary movie or, or a scary environment, even though you technically know it's not real. So I think that I kind of got that feeling as a kid and I wanted to, um, you know, inflict it, I guess, on other people. And, you know, for me, it's not I know I feel like it could come from a place of darkness almost but for me it's always been really about fun because it is so much fun to get scared when you're not actually in any danger or at least I think so so what was your experience like as a kid with your friends working at a haunted house that seems like the ultimate job for like how old were you when you actually started working there yeah absolutely it is the ultimate job um so I was well it was so I'm if I'm, I'm 23 now so I guess I was 13 uh, or 14 or something like that it was 2004 I think really kind of got started 2004 2005 and uh, I was with some friends, uh, the first year I was with some friends through a um, sort of an acting class sort of thing where the teacher had a little exhibit in this, uh, his name Jim Vignato, and I'm actually working with him again this year, so I'm very excited, 10 years later. Um, but, uh, so we all did that, and we were kind of working with him, and then the next year I thought, you know what, I'm going to branch off, kind of do my own thing, 
Um, I had kind of weaseled my way in, I guess, and they, they knew me and they knew I was, even though I was young, I was responsible and into it enough that they didn't have to worry about some kid, you know, running around uh, with his friends. But, you know, we were very dedicated. We really took it seriously. We set up like a, like an electric chair in the woods had one friend. We, we didn't really have a whole lot of consistency because we had a friend dressed as Michael Myers in an electric chair, and I don't think that ever happened in a movie. But um, we, we just kind of had a mishmash of stuff, scared people, nothing better than making the people scream. And um, luckily, I, you know, like I said, I did have friends that were into it as well, um, although it started out with me dragging them along, so I'm really glad that they got into it and have continued with me over the years. So wait, you were working for another haunted house, but even as a 16-year-old, you were building your own, um, I don't know what you call it, exhibit room Yeah, I thing. call it an exhibit. Right, so this one, the, uh, the Spooky Walking Camp Aquatic, which I love it. I try to go every year if I can. It's difficult now running my own, but uh, I will be able to go this year, and I'm very excited always to see what they do. Um, they basically have, it's a campground. Um, for kids and I think adults as well with special needs over the summer. And so they basically have this back trail, this lake sort of thing, uh, like a setup by the lake where they do pirates. They have different buildings where the campers are during the summer and each building is set up by a different group. And so no one was in the woods. And so I asked them, can I build something in the woods? And so they actually said yes. And we set up a couple of little things, nothing huge. It got a little bigger over the years, obviously, but um, it started out with really just, I think we had a wicker chair that we made look sort of like you know, uh, an electric chair, and we just had a strobe light set up and, a, and a, an amplifier with sound effects, and that was it. And that was all we needed. Uh, everyone, you know, he jumped up out of the chair and scared people, and everybody loved it. That's crazy that, as I just assumed, it was like a plug-and-play thing where they were just putting, you know, you put on a mask, and they set you loose in the haunted house, and you were just yeah, scaring yeah. people. But you were actually, um, even in your first haunted house professional experience, um, creating stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I would say that 99 out of a hundred haunted houses are basically that, you know, they're looking for actors. They don't, you know, have them work. I mean, working on it. Yeah, sure. Like helping build and stuff like that. But it's really just, you know, there's the people that are running the show. And then if you want to work, you can audition or you can drop off, you know, um, your availability or something like that, depending on how strict they are about their actors. And this is the same in the sense that, you know, there were maybe five or six exhibits and then people could show up and volunteer. It was all volunteer based. Of course, it's, it was a um, uh, for charity. But um, uh, you could show up and volunteer to be in one of the exhibits, but someone had to set up the exhibit. And so since nothing was in the woods or maybe there was more of the woods that had nothing in it, I think there was something toward the front of it. We took the back. I asked them, hey, can we set something up here? And they knew me well enough by that point, I guess, from the year or two that I had been doing it, that, that I was into it and I wasn't just some kid who's going to mess stuff up. And, and uh, so we built stuff together. With the help of my uh, friends and family, we put it all together. Do you remember how you came up with that idea of the electric chair, like where that scene, where that vision, that first one came to you from? I mean, I'm sure I saw it in another haunted house somewhere. You know, I'm sure I saw a guy in an electric chair jump up out of the chair. You think he's dead, that sort of thing. Or maybe it's even a robot. Who knows? Like an uh, animatronic thing. Um, but we loved it and we did it. And so that became like the staple. That was always the end of our exhibit every year, even though we built more and more going forward. Um, we kind of, uh, over years, we added these um, crosses that like a scarecrow could go on. And we had, you know, you didn't know if they were real or not. And they would jump off and scare you. We had a chainsaw shack. We had all the kind of um, common tropes that have almost become cliches over the years but you know cliches in a good way people love them they're classics um and that's sort of where we developed everything and then when we branched off from that we we said you know what let's do stuff that isn't being done um but so that was definitely we were a little bit more traditionally minded when we were there so i'm sure we saw things and were inspired by other haunted houses so when did you realize hey there are things that aren't being done and decide to do them and what are those things what what wasn't being done in haunted houses Right. So uh, now, uh, you know, I just want to make it clear. I, I love the spooky walk. It, I, and I, when I left, it was I was so sad that I was leaving because I, I absolutely love doing it. And I still go back, like I said, and, and if I could work in it, if I had time, I would because it is a blast. But uh, basically, I wanted to make it. I guess it makes sense as I was getting older. I wanted to make it less family friendly. Like you can bring your family to this thing. It's a it's like a, a Long Island tradition that families go to and everybody loves. It's scary, but it's fun. And I wanted to kind of push it further and get a little more um, intense with it. And that's just not the vibe of the spooky walk. And so, you know, I just said, let me branch off and do my own thing. And at the time, um, I had been working on a project in school, actually, because this is all I was thinking about in school. When school started, I was distracted from class, drawing up plans and stuff like that, because it was getting to be that time of year, of course. And I had a class where I had to, as a, di a digital media class, we had to make a 
um, I guess like an ad package or something where you needed a little uh, radio spot commercial and poster for a fictional business. And so I started working on this sort of haunted attraction that has four exhibits, four attractions, whatever, uh, a hayride, this and that. And then there was one called Nyctophobia. And basically, and it's great, I'm so glad that I still have all this old stuff because it's like looking back on where it started in this, this class project. Um, I literally, the copy for this ad was um, take a flashlight and say your prayers because once you're inside, you're literally on your own. And the idea was that you take a flashlight into this thing alone and that's it. And I had never seen that before, something where you have to go in alone. Uh, now, at the same time, I believe it was maybe the next year, the year after, I think it was 2009, but I could be wrong. Um, I, I heard about something like this in New York City, and it's called Blackout Haunted House. And, uh, and so I thought to myself, whoa, they're actually doing this? I never thought it could work. So I went to check it out. Uh, I loved it. I thought it was awesome, the fact that it was actually able to happen. And I thought to myself, you know what? One part of me thinks, hey, you know, they beat me to the punch, but the other part of me thinks this is what I've always wanted to do, so let me do it and put my own spin on it. And so we started doing it uh, out on Long Island, which is a totally different market. And I'm, you know... Uh, friendly enough with the guy that runs Blackout that, you know, we know we're in different markets. So there's there's no issue there, really, as far as I can tell. But, um, you know, we, we kind of went a different way with it. We went a little more theatrical, whereas they're very, very visceral and, and violent and sexual, um, which I don't know if you know about this thing, but this place Blackout, but that's sort of their M.O. I've heard um, I've heard yeah. of haunted houses like this in New York. But to be honest, I've been to a haunted house in New York, but not one of the more intense ones, like the one I think you're describing. They're kind of right. hard to get into in New York. Like, it's expensive. Yeah. you got to book it, like, months ahead of time. Like, by the right. time you're thinking, like, oh, it's Halloween, I should be going to a haunted house. Like, they're already booked up. I would t- I, I'm not scared. I would do it. I'm not scared. <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I'm not scared. Yeah. <laughs> were, were all of your class projects about haunted houses? You sound like such a nice chipper person, but were you like the kid that was like draw like doodling skeletons in doom all day in class? Yeah, totally. And it's so funny you say that because that's what I always ask people. I'm like, do, do I seem like that type of person at all? I feel like the um, the traditional vision of someone that runs a haunted house is uh, a middle aged guy, maybe an ex biker who. Has, he still has his leather jacket, maybe a big beard, something like that, and sort of just has been warped all his life. <laughs> and I don't know. That definitely is not me. Is that a real stereotype, though? Is that who runs most some haunted um, houses? It's, it's absolutely a stereotype in the exact same way any other stereotype is a stereotype. It's a total generalization, but it's a stereotype for a reason. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, sure. There are actually, and I'm sure I, I can get into this more in just a few minutes. I'm sure you'll be interested in this, but there is a whole you know, culture of this and there are trade shows throughout the year and I've gone to them. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. And, you know, yeah, there's okay. So in St. Louis, there's one called uh trans world's uh, haunted attraction show. I think the HAA show haunted attraction, something I forget exactly what it is, but yeah, it's, it, that's where I learned that the stereotype is true in the sense that it's a lot of guys who look very similar. They look like kind of what I described and they're all, you know, not all of them are very nice. I won't say that, but it, you know, there's nothing, you know, just saying that I feel it gives off sort of like a brute vibe, but that's not necessarily the case. I think that that's just sort of their vibe. Um, and so it makes sense. Uh, but there are these things where, yeah, everyone gets together. Uh, this one's in March. So they're not even around Halloween because people are working all year um, on these things that come out just for October for the most part. So you go to this show. It, they've got all the new props and effects. And whether you're the type of person that buys them or just takes inspiration and goes home and builds it, uh, that's pretty much where you're going to see all these types of people. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun to go to. It doesn't necessarily fit in with what I'm doing just because what I'm doing isn't the traditional thing where I'm going to need this, you know, this rubber monster mask or anything like that. But uh, it is still a lot of fun to go to. It's very interesting to see how many people are into it. So what's the difference? God, I have so much I want to ask you. What's the <laughs> difference between what you're doing and the traditional thing? So, yeah, now it's funny. You, what you said a minute ago actually um, was interesting where you said you've heard about things like this in New York, and I'm sure probably all over the place, but just a few years ago, there was really only, you know, the one, like Blackout at the time was the only one I had heard. I found out that there was also one called McKamey Manor. I don't remember where it is, but that, that's one where you have to go in. I don't know if it's alone, but it's very intense, and they kind of were trying to break the mold of the traditional thing. Um, so now they're popping up a lot more often, I think. So that's, it's not necessarily a selling point anymore, and it's really become its own genre of the haunted house experience. And what is um, that genre? So, I don't know that we've actually nailed. Like, what, what is right. the difference? So the difference is, I would say the traditional haunted houses, you know, if you can, have you been to any, by the way? I'm sure you've been to something yeah, over the years. Um, I went to one in, I went to one in, ups, I went to one in New York City that was like, 
um, in a building that was like a pretty serious haunted house with actors Probably, and that kind of maybe Blood Manor. Yes, I believe that was yeah, it. Blood Manor. Okay, Blood Manor is a big one. That's a great one. It's very very long, so you're you're getting your money's worth, I guess. There. And but, then I also went to one in up, and it's very expensive, by the way, as everything yeah. in New York is. But I also went to one in upstate New York that I believe was the biggest one in New York or something. Uh, maybe Headless Horseman. Yes, that was it. Yeah. Man, you're so yeah. good. That's, that was <laughs> such course. a vague detail. That was really <laughs> impressive. I mean, the one in New York was fun, but like, there's no room to do anything in New York. But the right, Headless Horseman course, was really a pretty impressive experience. Right. And so now, basically, I would say that Blood Manor is a good example of the traditional thing. And, you know, I feel like saying that almost carries a stigma. Um, I, I don't mean anything by that. I mean, there's just there's kind of the way that it's been done and the way that other people are sort of now doing it. And they're they're so, coexisting together. I don't know that every, everyone has even been to a haunted house. I only went to right. those two like pretty recently in my life. So what mm -hmm. what has traditionally been done? Can you describe for people what's going on at Blood Manor and what's going on? Yeah. Absolutely. So I would say that the traditional thing is, um, you know, if you can picture it, you know, a group of friends, maybe four to eight maximum. I don't know. It depends on the place uh, going in all at once, kind of conga lining through and they're all clinging to each other. They're laughing. They're having a good time. Someone in a monster mask jumps out and scares you. Everyone screams, laughs, moves on to the next room. There's cool effects. There's this, you know, like some sort of uh, animatronic or a pneumatic thing jumps out at you from a window. Uh, and then, of course, there's a chainsaw guy. Uh, there's all those sort of traditional things that you can kind of see as you know what you'd expect i guess going into it if you if someone said hey draw a haunted house you'd probably draw someone with a chainsaw or something like that right right um so that's i would say the traditional thing and again they're totally coexisting i don't see it at all as that's being pushed out and this is coming in i think they're coexisting and i think it's great because there's something so awesome and magical about that experience and i love it the new thing is that i think it's less about the fun and more about truly being scared. And so going in alone, you're not really, you're having fun, but you're not laughing with your friends, you know what I mean? So it takes out that element of comfort of being with your friends, being able to laugh, because once you get scared, there's really no reason to laugh or not continue to be scared because you're not showing anyone like, oh, you know, that was fun, that was funny, no one is there with you. And um, now whether or not you're going alone is part of it. The other aspect of it is um, they're getting hands-on. That's the thing that's really cropped up over the last couple of years, where it used to be the classic thing was do not touch the actors and they will not touch you. Uh, now it's really becoming, you know, hey, sign this waiver and that, you know, you this is saying that you know that we're going to be putting our hands on you, whether it's very physical and, and almost violent or if it's just sort of, uh, you know, light stuff like touching your hair when you don't know anybody's there. That's the thing that people are definitely interested in these days. And I think that's, you know, it's kind of it's like with anything. I mean, you look at movies. Everybody wants their movies bigger and faster and louder. Um, you know, like Transformers have to be bigger and better every other year. And now you've got same with the haunted houses. People want their entertainment to be more hands-on, more interactive, more visceral, and really kind of get under the skin and affect them more than just someone popping out with a monster mask, which still, like I said, has its place because not everybody's into the new wave of stuff. Who are these actors in haunted houses anyway? Like, do you screen them to make sure that, you know, they're scary, but not maybe not too scary? Right. So that's the classic thing that I love is like, you know, you never know that when I've gone to haunted houses, that's the thing that's been in the back of my mind is, you know, uh, now that I know how it works, you know, it, it's kind of possible for someone to get in and be a little bit crazy. You know what I mean? Um, so that's kind of adding an extra element, I suppose. But I would say, again, at 99 out of 100, they are screening people. They are making sure that everyone is good to go. And they are trusting, you know, someone to a zone usually in a haunted house. So this person runs this room or this zone and they're keeping an eye on everything. And that person is usually trusted, has been there for years. In my case, it's all friends, people that I've known for years. And I, I like to keep it in the family. We don't do auditions or anything like that. Um, so I know, you know, that they're perfectly fine. You know, they're in their right mind. They're not going to be going crazy or anything. What is it about them that's scary? Because, like, it's not like, like, you know, on an intellectual level, like, you know, the chainsaw guy's not going to actually choke you to death. So, right. like, what can they do? What, like, element does touch add? Like, the hair thing is interesting, the, like, yeah. kind of spooking you when they don't know they're there. Like, what can they do to make it scarier just by touching you? Well, first of all, I have to say the image of a guy with a chainsaw choking someone is hilarious. Because <laughs> he puts got... down the chainsaw for a second. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got a tool that he could use and he doesn't use it. But um, yeah, so what makes him scary is, uh, here's the interesting thing. My philosophy on this, and again, this goes, I'm sure this goes along with me not sounding like a dark, crazy person. Um, my thing is, and this is also probably coming from the fact that I started so young, fun comes first for me because when you go in, if you aren't the type of person that gets scared, I want to at least make it worth your time and worth your while that you had a good time and you had fun. You know what I mean? So, you know, 
the scare element is obviously very important. People want to get scared, but not everybody's going to. Um, when I go in, I'm having fun. I'm getting scared, but deep down, I'm really just having fun. It's not affecting me on a truly scary level. But if I can have fun, that's important. So what we do is we layer it with, you know, small things to big things that are going to affect some people and not affect other people. Like you just uh, uh, brought up the touching the hair in the dark. If someone's walking through a pitch black maze um, and someone grabs their arm or their leg or something, if just a hand is su- suddenly in front of you, it's going to scare you. It's going to startle you. And how whether you scream or you just kind of shake it off and move on is up to you. But the, the element of the unknown is really the big thing that we play on. And then... In other haunted houses, you know, some people are afraid of spiders. So you might have a room where it feels like there are spiders on you. Some people are afraid of, um, yeah, I don't know if anyone's afraid of chainsaws. I mean, anyone's afraid of getting cut by a chainsaw, I guess. So that's a a pretty common one. But, um, you know, some people are afraid of clowns, of course. That's a classic one. And they're just bugged out by clowns. And so um, it totally depends on the person. There's really nothing that we can do that is a tried and true formula to scare someone. So we throw in a bunch of different things and just hope that something lands. I read an article about your haunted house in Scare World Magazine. First of all, what is Scare World Magazine? Scare World Magazine, as far as I know, um, I, I don't get it because I believe it is a UK magazine, but I've seen it before. It's, uh, it's one of many um, magazines that are catering to people, which is it's a really growing thing, catering to people that want to be reading about this and talking about this and working on this sort of stuff. Wait a minute, many? Long. There's many of these? What, magazines? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a bunch of magazines. What are the other magazines called? Uh, well, the one that I can think of that's uh, in the U.S., the big one, I would say, is Haunt World. Uh, so this one is Scare World. That's in the U.K., which, by the way, Halloween, I'm sure, maybe you know, is much more celebrated in the United States than in a lot of other countries. Um, or if they celebrate it, they celebrate it more as like a Day of the Dead sort of thing. But uh, it's definitely spreading. And so maybe that magazine is the only one in the U.K., but there's a bunch over here. There's like I think there's one called Top Haunts that comes out quarterly. Uh, I think most of them come out either monthly or quarterly uh, because it's just not enough to sustain a weekly sort of thing. But um, there are definitely a bunch of them. There's a bunch of these trade shows. There's a bunch of ways that these people can get their fix all year long. In fact, uh, in March, uh, any of the haunted houses nearby the trade shows or, or throughout the year, they open up. They get their actors together for that you know weekend so that people can go through it. So they're able to open and they've got a bunch of haunted house enthusiasts or whatever you want to call them coming through this thing and they need their fix throughout the year it's like not enough just to have it in october what do they write about in these magazines what would be a a typical column in one of these magazines so it can literally be like you know how to make the best fake blood you could totally have something like that how to scare uh the person that's most difficult to scare maybe that's an editorial i want to read this magazine right well it's definitely i think it's interesting for anybody i guess but it's obviously you can imagine it's really helpful and interesting for people that are involved in this stuff but the one that Nyctophobia was in that you just um, brought up was all about, uh, I, I forget the title of the article, but it was all about these haunted houses that are, be, that are sort of full contact, I think is what they're calling them, scare attractions, um, which is, it's more intense. So you've got Nyctophobia, you know, we're touching people, we're getting, what I would like to do most is, in Nyctophobia, is immerse people in a story. Like last year really was kind of like living through an episode of Goosebumps. Um, and so there was a storyline, there was a twist ending sort of thing, if people were able to follow along, because it is a little difficult to you know, stay kind of in your mind and be following the story. But um, they've got one that's in, again, it's called, I think it's called McCamey Manor. I forget where it is, but I think it lasts up to four hours. Uh, and so it's just really intense for four hours and you are not allowed to leave, apparently. I know the laws in New York. I don't know the laws <laughs> wherever that is. I, I don't think we could do that here. But um, there's just a bunch of different types. And that's what that article was about. So there's articles about, you know, moving forward, what's coming up. There's articles about if you need the best rubber masks and, you know, where to get them and stuff like that. It's, it's really pretty much what you'd expect if you were to make jokes about it. It's basically what you would joke about. You mentioned in the article that uh, you've tried some experimental new ideas that sometimes work and sometimes don't. But we like to take the risk. That's what you said. What yeah. are some risks that didn't work? Well, so it's it's uh, it's interesting because, like I said, the. One of the risks was having kind of a really somewhat specific story last year, and a lot of people weren't picking. It was it was way too subtle. Like in a film, because again, I've got that filmmaker mindset as well. In a film, you could make something subtle because you're able to put the camera on it for a second. You know what I mean? And then the audience sees it. But if you do that in like a live action thing where people are running around, they might not see the important detail that you left, or they might not pick up on something that an actor said that was important, and. So it was difficult. And I, not that I don't want to do it again, but I think now I know that, you know, you got to understand that people are not sitting in a theater and focusing on all these details. So it's got to be a bit more broad, maybe a bit more ambiguous. 
Um, but last year, I would say the biggest thing that we tried last year that I will not be doing again, ironically, was a step back toward the traditional way of doing it. We let groups of four experience this thing together rather than what we've done in the past one or two at a time. Uh, and so with groups of four, it brought back exactly what I didn't, I wasn't sure if it would, but it brought back exactly what I said. You're laughing. You're having fun, but you're laughing. We're trying to scare you and have you invested in the story and people are cracking jokes with their friends, which is fine. But at the end, when you say, I didn't get the story, it's like, well, you know, that's because you were, you know, talking to your friends the whole, not the whole time, but you were talking to your friends and missed this part. And so it's totally on us. I, I don't blame them at all, obviously. It's up to us to provide the experience correctly. So I would, we're going back to keeping it to one or two people at a time because that's the way that you can really experience what we're trying to do. Um, so I would say that that was, certainly wasn't a mistake. It was just, um, you know, a learning experience. It was an experiment that we were trying in our world, trying the four at a time thing. And it, it didn't quite work out. And so we won't be doing that again. But, though, you know, it's worth a shot. I will always try something. This year we're, we have a couple things we're going to try that we're not sure if they're going to work. But we'll find out. And, and I'm hoping that the audience that comes to see our show, um, they are, are hoping that we'll take risks and not just give them the same thing that has worked in the past years, we want to try new things, and if something lands, then it's great, and if it doesn't, then they say, well, you gave it a shot, we'll see what you have next year, sort of thing. What's something that has worked? What's a risk that did pay off? Um, you know, well, uh, uh, nyctophobia, first of all, is, well, not first of all, I guess, because the, I, it's been, we've been talking about this, but uh, nyctophobia is the fear of the dark, and so our main thing uh, has always been that it's in the dark, and in the first two years, 2010 and 2011, it was mostly pitch black. In 2012 and 2013, we actually sort of went and brought what we do out into the real world. Uh, we, in 2012, we went, uh, actually rented motel rooms at this creepy, creepy motel and had people go from room to room and they had to get a key off of a guy that was asleep in one room and there was this whole storyline about a girl being murdered, you have to solve the murder. In 2013 it was out in the woods, which is a benefit of being on Long Island rather than in the city, is that obviously there's plenty of room to do that. Um, and now in 2014, we're bringing it back inside in the dark uh, because not not because we're going backwards or anything, like I said, but we want to mix what we've done in 2012 and 2013 with what worked so well in 2010 and 2011, which was just being in the dark, potentially alone, something brushing against you or maybe not. Maybe you just imagined it. And that's kind of the way we go with it is you're not sure if it's your head or if it's us that are playing tricks on you. There is a thing in L.A. I'm wondering if you heard about where like you go camping together and it's like a a yeah. haunted camp thing. So that's totally the type of thing that's also popped up out of this where people need more. You know, they just need more. Um, I have a buddy who runs uh, one of my other favorite haunted houses in New York City. It's called Nightmare. And um, it's been going for, uh, I think, like a decade or maybe long. I don't know exactly, but it's been around for a long time. And I've been going every year and I love it so much. And they actually were going to do exactly that sort of thing upstate, uh, I want to say last year. But I'm not sure exactly what happened. They weren't able to do it. I, you know, I don't want to... Um, make any um, guesses at what exactly happened there. But, you know, they were sort of kind of at the front of that sort of thing happening. I did see something pop up in L.A. about it. And so I guess this is the next thing. So now we're moving beyond just going somewhere for 30 minutes and being scared in the dark to actually sleeping at a place and probably, I would assume, being dragged out of your tent in the middle of the night. That's the type of stuff that is cropping up now. Right. It's crazy. I mean... I think this all sounds fun, but once I go to sleep, I do not want to be disturbed. That's like <laughs> Well, then that, you know what? You probably shouldn't go to sleep I, there. That, so what are some <laughs> risks you were taking this year? Can we get into spoilers for the 2014 nyctophobia? So, uh, you know, I can't say too, too much about this year. Um, it just because I, uh, yeah, like you just said, it is, which is really funny to think it, they are spoilers. They really are. Because there are people who review these things. They, they come out and actually review haunted houses. That's another you know, just like how movies brought up a job that is movie reviews, now there are actually people that are doing this. They're reviewing haunted houses and haunted attractions, whatever you want to call them, because I still don't know what to call nyctophobia. Um, and so they come out. Do you not call they, it a haunted house? You know what? We do right now, but I am struggling so hard to come up with a better word because it's really, it's, it's just not the traditional thing that you think a haunted house is. And so I don't want to mislead people. So we, we make sure people know that. But it's, I, I, if I can come up with another word, which I am working on, it's very difficult to come up with the right word, um, then I absolutely will change it as soon as I can. Sorry, so what were you saying? You, you were explaining how... Um... Yeah, so they review them. They literally put up, just like with movies, spoiler-free reviews, and then after the season is over, they put up spoiler reviews, which is crazy to think that that's where we're at with these sort of things, that you can have spoilers in a haunted house. So that being said, I won't give away you know, any of like the big things, but I would say that um, you know, one of the risks I think that we're taking this year is that I'm really... 
I want to affect people after they leave. Like I want people to be thinking about it when they go home and not just like, oh, that was fun. That was scary. But I want to, you know, we're trying to come up with things that just kind of plant a nugget of an idea in your head that maybe when you're going to sleep that night, you think about it and you're like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Um, so that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to do to people. And in the past, we've affected people long after in the sense that last year, um, we took Polaroid photos of one person in each group of four, and they didn't know where, where that Polaroid was going to end up. And we would, throughout the night, either slip it into their jacket later on. Like they were getting, you know, it, in the woods, there were these hunter characters that came out and said, what are you doing in my woods? And they would search the people and they would slip the Polaroid in their pocket. And then at the end of the night, how the hell did this get here? Uh, and then what we also did was maybe slip it in their car while the car wasn't uh, being attended. We would slip it under their uh, license plate. We had people telling us months later that they were finding it. So that's a big thing that I love is that we are with you sort of for who knows how long until all of a sudden you find this little extra element. And so um, that being said, this year, that's the thing I'm kind of working on. I don't know if it'll work. I don't know if people will just not really be into it, but uh, definitely sort of getting into your mind in that way rather than just in the constraints of the haunted house that's the something i'm going for this year that's cool i mean i like the um your drive to push the whole thing forward to to unlock new things and to keep evolving the form and it does sound like its own form like hearing you talk about like the difficulty of figuring out how to tell a story it sounds a lot um like trying to figure out it just sounds like its own medium like almost like games like um i think that's a problem people who make video games are struggling with like trying to figure out how to tell a story when someone can wander around and do anything so it just seems like uh, some sort of interactive theater experience it's just got its own rules that are still being figured out yeah, that's exactly what I call it, too. It is, it's an interactive theatrical experience. It's that, that's why I don't know what to call it, because that's kind of a mouthful. But, um, you know, if I could come up with a short word for it, I would, like a perfect word for it. I'm working on it. Um, it is definitely more of a theatrical thing, and so that's why we want to make it clear that it's not just you're going in and there's going to be someone jumping out. Like, we had people last year, they would finish it and they'd say, you know, nobody said boo, there were no zombies. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not what we're doing. Yeah. There are other ones doing that. And that's totally fine, like I said, because these people want that. They can totally exist in the same time. Uh, nothing is being pushed out, in my opinion, because those people wanted that experience. Um, but it, is, it really is its own medium now. It's a storytelling medium. It's, so you brought up games. You know, I don't want it to just be like, oh, the gameplay was great. I want it to be the story was great and the actors were great and stuff like that. Um, so with ours, I would say the gameplay would be just the scares, whereas the story is what you know, sort of affects you internally rather than just the scares affecting you, you know, startling you or making you kind of creeped out while you're in there physically. Um, so it's definitely become the type of thing. I don't know that it started out this way, um, you know, back 50 years ago or 40 years ago, but it's definitely becoming something where we're definitely injecting um, much more into it. I think that it, there's absolutely a, a room for it. It's not like we're just sort of, you know, throwing things at a wall and nothing is sticking. It absolutely works, and we're just trying new things every year. We do something totally different every year, so we're always learning. It seems pretty clear. I almost don't have to ask this question, but surely you, it sounds like you take this thing so seriously. It's so well thought out. You're working on this around the clock, right, around the calendar. So, okay, so yes and no, because it's obviously throughout the year, it's definitely um, just sort of thinking like, oh, that's an idea, and I write it down you know, on my phone, keep it in my notes or something. I have just like a list of vague, almost looks like a dream journal where you don't, you know, what the hell does this mean? It's vague sort of like, um, you know, scare ideas or whatever, or story ideas. But uh, so that's the way I'm working on it all year. It really ramps up um, in September because um, we're a relatively small scale thing. I, I'm still just the kid you know, who wants to scare people, uh, you know, it's been 10 years, but I'm not, you know, I don't have a huge team of people that can go out and build it. Um, I, you know, I have, it's me and my friends and I'm perfectly happy doing that. I love that. And my family, um, all working together on it. And so I can't be doing, you know, be building something all year or have something permanently set up all year. So we have to sort of hone it all in. We just had our, our, our big meeting for the year this past weekend. And, um, uh, you know, we get together. I tell them what the plan is this year. This is what we're doing. These are the dates. These are the times. And just so people know, this is, we're talking, because this won't come out for a few weeks, we're talking in right. September. So this is, yeah, okay, so this is about point. two months yeah. early you're, you're starting. Right. Yeah, so we, month, yeah, six weeks September. anyway. Yeah, so it's September is when I really start cracking down on it. I'll try looking for locations earlier in the year, but you got to understand it's difficult because, you know, what am I going to call up a place and say, hey, I'd like to rent your space for two months in 10 months. They're like, uh, well, we can't guarantee that, obviously. So you really kind of have to look into it a little closer the way we do it because the, the spaces we're renting won't rent it to you. And it's very difficult because a lot of them won't do it short term anyway. They won't rent it to you too far in advance. And so 
you know, I just have to be prepared and ready to jump in and hit the ground running once we can get a space, which now that's basically the mode that I'm in. Huh. So now you're up and running. Your friends, this is it. Like, everyone knows this is the weekend. The thing has started. Right. right. Uh, uh, and, and they're, you know, they're very excited as well. I was actually, you know, it's, it's tough because uh, they're not professional actors. They're just friends. And so I am asking as much as I can of them. But at the same time, they've got jobs and they've got school if they're, if they're still in school. And so they're like, yeah, I can do this night and this night, but not this night. And so it makes it difficult for me to come up with, okay, well, I got to make sure we have all the right people for every night. But I was very happy this year because when I asked who can do every night, almost everybody raised their hands. And so that takes a huge load off of me and I can work on the stuff that's more important, which is the content itself rather than the, the background logistics. And um, so I'm very excited. I'm, I'm actually a little bit ahead this year compared to last year um, in the sense that things are going pretty smoothly so far. I, you know, knock on wood, obviously, but so far so good. And I'm very, very excited about it. So is this a full time job for you for the next, you know, th until November? No, uh, it's it's not a full time job uh, because the interesting thing is actually I'm living in Brooklyn now, uh, but I'm still doing it on Long Island. So I'm commuting back out there to do this every weekend. Um, and so I, I could have maybe tried to do it in Brooklyn, but two things. One, I still wanted to do it with my friends because it, that's a huge part of it for me and they wouldn't be able to be coming to Brooklyn, you know, constantly. And the other reason is that, you know, I've got a bunch of friends that are kind of doing things that are extreme and, and different in the city. And so it's like, well, there's nothing really like this on Long Island. I might as well keep it out there where it's more, you know, sort of on its own. Um, but it, it's definitely going to be mentally, at least it's a full-time job because it's hard to concentrate on anything else. Um, but everybody knows sort of if I'm short with them or cross with them and, you know, in, at this time of the year, it's like, okay, he's, you know, he's in his head working on this thing. Um, he's obviously stressed out, which I, you know, I definitely get a little stressed out. Um, but it, you know, I, I never want to lose sight of the fact that it's supposed to be fun. So I never let it get to the point where I'm, you know, pulling my hair out, I guess it's always supposed to be fun. It's just that, you know, I, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for one person to sort of handle. And it's, it's tough to sort of give other people things to do because I'm out here now in Brooklyn, especially, you know, going back out there, we have to just be ready to go get to work, um, you know, like in the morning or something like that and put this thing together. What are you doing when you're not working on this and particularly the rest of the year? Uh, so I, there's a couple things. I do a couple of podcasts myself. I produce a couple and I'm, I'm on a couple. Um, one is called pretty much it. Um, and it's uh, also a weekly show that we do on YouTube. It's a movies and games sort of talk show, but the primary thing is just, it's comedy, um, and we're just inspired by the latest news and movies and games sort of stuff. Um, and then I, uh, I do produce a couple others as well. Um, I also run and perform in an improv group, which is on hiatus now because it's going to be way too busy. It launches, uh, relaunches again uh, later this year or maybe in January. Um, so it's pretty much just I'm always keeping busy with something creative uh, throughout the year. And, you know, it all kind of jumbles together as just, again, like as long as I'm having fun, that's the main thing. And, uh, and I certainly am, obviously, but uh, this is the thing that takes over now, and so everything else kind of takes a backseat uh, during September and October. Do you make money on this? I mean, it sounds like it might be, it's just like, not only your time, but, you know, building all this stuff, renting. Right. Do you make money doing this every year? It sounds like, it sounds like that's certainly not why you're doing it, but no, do you yeah, happen to make no. money doing it? Um, I have, it, the nyctophobia has never made a profit, I can say that, uh, but the thing is, I just... You know, and it's tough because obviously people look at me like I have like, you know, six heads when I tell them as long as I can break even, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, so that's totally. really yeah, yeah, yeah. the gist of pretty much everything I do. And obviously, you know, I, I have an apartment. I'm making enough money to live, of course. But um, as far as nyctophobia goes, that is the one that is absolutely all about. If I can break even, then it was a very successful year. I haven't always broken even, but I'm fine with that. It's, you know, I, I just want this thing to happen. Um, the nice thing is that it's it's I'm, I'm doing better now. Because, you know, when I started it five years ago, I was, you know, 18 or 19 years old. I didn't know, you know, the ins and outs of running a business necessarily. I'm kind of just learning as I go, which is great. But I didn't know how to manage the money properly. I was like, yeah, go ahead, buy a bunch of those things. We'll use them. We didn't use them. So now I am sort of thinking, you know, how many strobe lights do we really need? Do we really need the $60 ones? Can we get away with the $20 ones? Yes, we can. And so I'm definitely getting a lot better at budgeting, just having learned it over the years. And so it's become a lot more manageable. I'm not losing money like I was. To say losing money sounds negative. I'm not putting too much money into it, I guess, um, like I was. Now it's definitely a lot more manageable. And again, breaking even is something to celebrate. Um, and so, you know, I, I do hope people know that when they go to it, that we are really doing it for the passion and to give you a great time. I, I always 
hope that people don't think like, oh, it's just a money-making thing. But there's nothing wrong with that. But it really is coming from a very passionate place. Totally. I mean, if that wasn't clear, listening to you talk about it for the past <laughs> 30 or 40 minutes or whatever. Right. Um, I mean, that almost makes me... I, I, that almost makes me want to go more that you're not making money. It's just so clearly <laughs> yeah. a passion project. Um, right, it's, right. It's, and you can hear just from you talking about it how that, um, how that affects just kind of every, every piece of it in a way. Why yeah. do you think people go to a haunted house? Like, do they uh, – is it that they enjoy being – what are they looking for when they go to, like, your haunted house as opposed to, like, uh, you know, a more traditional haunted house? So I think there's I think I do think that there's two different sort of people, you know, it's it's a little broader than that, but there's kind of two different types of people that go to haunted houses. And I do think that they're kind of merging now. So it's maybe it's becoming one group. I'm not sure. But I think the first group, the you know, the traditional group is they, they want to have fun. And then the group that goes to the intense ones, they really want to get scared. They want you to push them to the limit and, you know, really, really feel it and be terrified. Whereas the people that are looking to have fun just they might not want to be, you know, I don't want to say violated, but, you know, having their personal space really, really violated and their, you know, hands on and stuff like that. Who knows? I don't want to, you know, get into what happens in other haunted houses. Obviously, it's not my place to spoil that, I guess. But there's some pretty intense stuff happening out there. Um, But so I think that they're merging. I do think that the difference with mine, mine is almost kind of like in the Venn diagram. Mine is in the middle because um, you've got the super intense ones. You've got the traditional ones. And then mine is in the middle because I still come from a place where I remember being younger and going to, you know, the haunted house with the girl that I think is cute in class and thinking like, oh, she's going to be holding my hand through the things she's going to be scared. And that is absolutely something that I have never lost and something that is still such a huge thing. You go to any haunted house, you see the girlfriend clinging to the guy um, or maybe not a girlfriend. Maybe that's like kind of the magic of it is that, you know, now this was a reason that you guys just got close. And so I know that that's probably not what most people are thinking about, but it's totally something that is still in my mind. Um, now mix that in with the fact that we still do want to scare the hell out of you, and you've got a uh, sort of a merge of the two. Where again, like I said, if you're going and you're not scared, you're still gonna have fun. But if you want to be scared, or if you get scared, you will get scared. And I, you know, I do sometimes worry—not worry, but I consider, hey, you know, maybe I shouldn't be saying that. Maybe you know, I don't know if you saw the recap videos that I do, but they're definitely not scary recap videos, like with hardcore music playing or anything like that. It's, you know, it's definitely kind of an emotional video that's showing the passion behind it and, you know, the family friend aspect. And I wonder to myself, is this taking away from the experience at all? And, you know, the thing I, in the sense that it's, you know, I don't know if people are more afraid because they think, oh, the people are lunatics. And then knowing that I'm not a lunatic, uh, well, or not the lunatic they think, um, uh, I wonder if that takes away from it. And I don't think it does. And I hope it doesn't because I would just be sort of lying to myself and lying to them if I didn't you know, inject that into the whole vibe of the thing. So going into it, I try to keep it scary. Coming out of it at the end of the year, I post the video where it's sort of more, you know, hey, this was the fun thing that we did. Um, but I do think that uh, we are catering to both groups potentially. Um, but I, I think that, you know, that's kind of the difference between the types of people. What do you do to scare these people? Like what actually, once they're in the house, what does scare them? Because I imagine, you know, yelling boo, jumping out with the chainsaw, you might yeah. get a moment uh, out of that. But you like, yeah, what, yeah. what are the the kind of the tools in your toolbox to scare these people. Right. So we have, I mean, I can tell, we, so like I said, we do something different every year. And while we might re, not re completely reuse, uh, we will rework or retool things that have worked in the past and, you know, keep them there. Uh, we do stuff different every year. So I can totally tell you things from previous years. Um, but right off the bat, uh, no chainsaws, um, no yelling. One of the classic things in a haunted house is to yell, get out, which is just like, you know, in every room they're saying, get out. And it's like, okay, well, you know, I, I, okay, I guess I'll just leave. Um, so no, no yelling, get out, no chainsaws, and no just sort of yelling boo, because it's just, again, that's perfectly fine for other things, but it's not what we do. So we change it up and we do different things. Uh, in the past, um, we've, done, we've blindfolded people and um, sort of had them just walk. Uh, one thing that I liked that some, somebody came up with on their own, one of the actors, um, they actually came up with this great psychological scare, which I don't mind saying it because we haven't done it in years. I have no idea if it'll ever pop up again, but... Some people totally got into it. Uh, they blindfolded this person. They had them in the dark, and they said, walk forward, keep walking forward. Now, stop. Oh, my God, you almost fell. There's a ledge, and you almost walked right off of that ledge. And then they give him a big shove, and the people go crazy. The people scream because they actually believed, if the actor did his job well enough, that there was a ledge there that they almost walked off of. I almost got, so, I got a little scared just hearing that story. Right, right, right. There's no ledge, obviously. What, are we going to you know throw people off of a building or something? So... 
you know, it's that kind of stuff. That sort of stuff we're totally trying to get you to think, you know, are they joking with me? Are they serious? And I didn't come up with that thing. That's the best part is that some of the actors come up with great things, my friends. Um, you know, I guess hanging out with me will do that to you. <laughs> They'll think about things. They do hit me up through the year with ideas that I write down. Um, but so it's, that's definitely the type of thing. There's also, um, you know, elements of in the past you can see in 2010 and 2011, we had people close their eyes and then we sprayed them in the face with a little spurt of water. And it, that's, that's definitely a, just a startle, but you aren't expecting something to hit your face. You don't know what it is for a split second. And so it just gets your heart racing. And then we get you up and into the next room and your heart is pounding. So, um, it's just, it's the smallest things, you know, it's, I don't think it's that far off from the classic uh, Halloween party gag where you have someone blindfolded and they reach into grapes and you tell them it's eyeballs. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think it's that far off from that. It's just a little bit more, you know, we're not telling you, hey, look, it's eyeballs as if we really have eyeballs there because you know that's not real. The ledge, that could be real. That's not too ridiculous that it's not, you know, reaching into someone's body. So I think it's really kind of like, just the, the way you go about it. Um, and uh, there are lots of places that are doing things like that where they're messing with your mind. And I am a huge fan of that. You know, you're only, what, 23, you said? Yeah, 23. But you've been doing this for a long time. Is it harder to scare people than it used to be? You know, I think that you just have to always be changing it up because that's the one problem with a lot of the traditional haunted houses um, uh, is that they they don't necessarily change it up enough. And so it's really just that people go year after year and then they leave and eventually they say, you know, this is pretty much the same thing every year. Maybe we won't go next year. And so I think you really need to sort of just, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be changing it up every year and trying new things, but maybe that's just me. Um, I totally understand the concept of, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But at the same time, you know, you're going to get bored of that thing, even if it's not broken after a while. So keep adding on to it. So um, I, I think it's not necessarily harder to scare people. It's just that you got you to gotta keep trying new things. That's why I like to take the risks, because for all I know, maybe this year, We'll do something that will be bigger than I could have imagined, like being a big success. And then that becomes the next thing that other people are doing. I mean, you know, for example, we did, I don't know who started it, but on Long Island, at least we did, um, uh, we gave you a glow stick the first year and the second year. And then after that, a lot of other places started doing it. We stopped because we just personally thought, okay, we've done that. We kind of feel like we've gotten tired of it. Uh, let's move on to something else. But other places were doing it. And so it's kind of interesting to see how, you know, oh, the glow stick thing worked over here. Maybe we should do it over here. Um, how everyone influences each other, which is great. I think that it's awesome that everyone is influenced by each other because then you kind of put your own spin on it. Um, so I, I really think it's just about being clever like anything else. I mean, how about in a horror movie? Can you not scare people in a horror movie? Sure you can. But the closing the mirror and there's someone standing behind you scare or the cat jumping out of the cupboard scare just isn't doing it anymore so you kind of have to be clever about it do you uh ever get to experience your own haunted house just as a visitor so that's really interesting actually in 2011 i went through it obviously at the start because you know we were going through rehearsals and i would go through it and then just like any show we're really more i look at it as a show um just like any show you kind of do a run through and then the director gives you notes so i would go through it um i would then go through each room and say hey you did this could you do it more like this blah 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 we'll try it again um, and I did that. What kind of, what were some of those notes? Like what kind of instructions do you give the actors? You know what? Honestly, a lot of the notes are uh, be, just because it's ingrained in our brains to do what the traditional thing is, you know, by maybe saying boo or something like that. Um, I don't want, or make like putting on a spook, like a kind of like a creepy voice. It's just, it's, it's not what we're doing. And so I would tell them, Hey, maybe don't say anything. Don't say a word. So in the pitch black, we would have, you know, this maze where people are going through. And I, you know, an actor, I, I heard, overheard some, a group going through and I heard the actor saying like, uh, you know, something, I don't know, I don't remember what it was, but kind of in like a scary voice like this. And, uh, and I went in and I said, hey, you know what? Don't say a single word. Just brush their neck in the dark. I promise it'll be better. And it was, you know, it just works out better that way. So that's the kind of notes that I give um, and of course, you know, I want them to have fun, but it's just, you know, we also want to make sure we're scaring people and giving them that new di or different experience. Um, but uh, so when you're yeah. walking through, right, when I was walking through, I was doing that at the start. And then through the rest of the year, you know, uh, through the rest of the year, I'm sorry, through the rest of the season, I guess, through the rest of October, I would go from room to room and make sure, hey, everybody, everybody OK in here. Do you need water? You need a bathroom break, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't really go through it. And then at the very end, on the last day, I said, you know what? I haven't been through it since the beginning. I'm curious to see how you guys have evolved on your own. And I went through it. And I'm not kidding when I say that I actually felt like I was going through it, an experience that I didn't know the ins and outs of because they had come up with in the dark through trial and error things that I hadn't come up with. Like one guy, 
um, he had an idea where they, they, they had uh, night vision goggles in the dark that year in the, in the maze, and so they could see everybody perfectly. And they said, uh, guess how many fingers I'm holding up? Like someone whispered to a, a person coming through, an actor whispered it, guess how many fingers I'm holding up? They would guess wrong, and then they would say, now you try, and I'll guess. The person would hold up however many fingers in the pitch black, and the actor would get it right. And you hear the reaction. I've got audio files of, of, of this reaction of people going, oh, crap. Because they realize, like, oh, this guy can either see me or something else is going on here. And I didn't know that. And so I was going through. They did that to me. I loved it. And so I actually do try not to go through it and know everything that they're doing throughout the season so I can kind of experience it at the end. It sounds uh, a lot. It sounds almost like comedy. Like you got to like trial and error. You figure it out. Like you, you're trying oh, totally. to get this yeah. emotional response out of people. It seems like uh, almost the other side of the coin of like trying to make people laugh is uh, trying I mean, to scare that's, them. That's got to be that. If, like if I were to sit down with a shrink, I'm sure that's exactly what it would end yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Those two things are yeah. connected somehow. I don't know Absolutely. quite how, but they uh, they're, they're related. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if horror kind of fits into tragedy, but, you know, it's like tragedy and comedy, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it's probably similar because, I mean, think of the actors. The actors, as soon as they scare you in their mind or, or maybe not even in their mind, they're trying not to laugh probably because it's hilarious for them. Um, so there, there's definitely an element of we think it's hilarious um, to scare people. Uh, and, I, you know, in the rest of the year, I'm making people laugh. That's like the main thing that I'm doing with most of the stuff I'm doing, uh, like, you know, the podcasts and the improv comedy show. So I guess that totally makes sense that then it comes to Halloween and I would rather scare you um, than make you laugh. Yeah. Do you have uh, do you get to go to other haunted houses and do you have favorites? Um, yeah, I actually, uh, it's so tough. Um, I, I'm very grateful for the ones that are open during the week because that's usually when I can go. Uh, we usually have nyctophobia open on Fridays and Saturdays and not all of them are open on Sundays. So it's hard for me to go. Uh, but last year I, I actually hadn't been to the spooky walk, the one that started it all for me in like two years because it was only open on Fridays and Saturdays, the same as nyctophobia and I couldn't leave. And so I actually, I'm very neurotic about trusting other people with this stuff, but I actually was able to let go and trust a buddy of mine to take over for two hours. I left, got there. The person in charge actually got me to the front of the line because she knew that I was in a rush, but I really wanted to experience it again. I went through. It made me so happy to be back, and, um, and it was just great. And so I got to do that one again. The good thing is this year we're on Saturdays and Sundays, so I can go there on Friday, which is very, very exciting. Um, but then during the week and on Sundays, I'm able to go to others. Uh, there's one on Long Island called Gateway's Haunted Playhouse, which is um, actually at the Gateway Playhouse in Bellport, which is a theater through the rest of the year. They put on a great show. I love that one. Um, I just literally just went to, again, so it's the beginning of September or mid-September. I already got my season started. I went to one called Bayville Screen Park. Um, I, I go to a bunch. And like I said, in the city, you've got Blackout. Uh, you've got Nightmare, which are two different sides of this whole thing. Nightmare is very theatrical. Blackout is the one that's pretty much just in the dark and they're just, you know, throwing you around. Um, but so I go to as many as I can. Um, obviously, you know, it adds up a little bit, but I save up because it's something that I love doing. Uh, and also, you know, at, at pl- enough of them, sometimes I'm friendly with them that they will let me go in for free and vice versa, of course. So that's a nice thing because there's not it's not like an unmanageable amount of haunted houses where I don't know everybody involved in a lot of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But um, it's kind of a, a community that is. Uh, for me, at least, it's very friendly. Obviously, some of them are not friendly because it's more of a competition. But you can imagine for me, you know, there's no competition, obviously, if I'm not trying to make as much money as I can. So that doesn't that's not a factor. Um, but yeah, so I go to as many as I can. I absolutely love them. I love supporting them just like everyone, you know, is coming out to see mine. I go out to see theirs. And um, so it's, it's, it's a great time of year for me. I, I love it. Are you able to get scared when you go or are you looking at oh, it yeah. with, with your director hat on? Okay, so both, and if I can go through something twice, I totally will, but um, I, I, you know, it's really funny. I'm the type of guy who still shuts the lights out in the basement and runs the hell up the stairs because I don't know what the heck is down there that's going to chase after me. I definitely get scared of stuff like that, um, which you'd probably think isn't possible doing this, but I jump out of my skin, I scream, I get startled, and I hope I never lose that because it would be so sad to go through a haunted house and be completely jaded about it uh, for me. Um, I don't know about everybody else in this industry, but I absolutely do my best to not lose that. And um, it's not so much that, you know, when I'm scared, it's like I said, I'm having fun. So I get scared and then I immediately think to myself, hell yeah, that was great. As opposed to someone else might be scared and want to leave. We have a lot of people that want to leave. Every haunted house does. Um, So I would never want to leave, you know, at, at that point. I am just saying, you know, give me more, give me more. This is great. But I definitely get scared. I'm just remembering that I was at Universal Studios 
which oh. has a haunted house oh, no. thing open all year. Oh, you're talking about in, in L.A. then? Yeah, yeah, in L.A. Yeah. they have it open all year. Right. And um, while we were waiting online, we saw this father come out with his little girl, hand in her, uh, face in her hands, crying, right. and they have a bowl of candy by the emergency exit. Like, oh, they, wow. They've been through this before. Like, they, <laughs> they, they, this is a familiar scene at the uh, Universal. Yeah, it, it was... Like, it was just so professional. They knew exactly what to do. Like, it just right. must happen all of the course. time there. Well, you know, and whenever that happens, it's really interesting. Um, it was the, the perfect timing. I had a guy, um, I had like a, you know, a fire marshal a couple years ago was like looking and kind of just making sure that we had our exit plans set up and, you know, all that stuff, all the, the stuff that is, you know, required, but not as fun, obviously. So not really worth getting into, I guess. But, um, you know, he was watching someone was too scared to go through just as he was watching them. The person was too scared. They said our safe word, which is uncle. Um, you know, say uncle, obviously, if, you're, if it's too much. And they say uncle, and, they, and we take them out. The actor, we've done it so many times that the actor took the person by the hand, brought them out, and was back at his post within, I want to say, 30 seconds. Um, got him to the exit, got him out back in the parking lot, and it was amazing. Even, like, the fire marshal was shocked. He was like, that was really, really fast. And I was like, that's, you know, hey, we're ready to go. We're prepared. We've done it before. Um, and that is a thing, by the way, that's being added to these experiences is a safety word, um, which, like I just said, ours is uncle. So if you genu- if you really have had too much, um, you know, if you're someone that's scared and you're, if you're a girl going through and normally you go through with your boyfriend and you're kind of like cuddling into his shoulder and, and not looking, you don't have that. And so if you truly can't take it, we will get you out of there if you say the safe word. Um, so that happens. Have you ever had an experience where... Um someone reacts poorly to being scared and like you know oh what and like lashes out and hits somebody or something Kinda, yeah right uh you know what that's another th- you know that is it's so interesting because you know it's it is a general not a general a genuine reaction you know when you get scared some people just you know throw out a punch so to treat it like you know like oh you broke the rules you know and if, if they're like oh my god i'm so sorry i it's just happened um we might have had people do that certainly not to the extent that anyone ever got hurt but if if nothing happens we won't penalize them for it but if something happens obviously then they've got to go uh we luckily have not had much trouble with that because for the most part the only time you're going to have trouble is when you've got some you know punk kid trying to impress his friends and like hey look at this and shoving an actor you know what i mean Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh that doesn't happen because if you're alone who are you impressing nobody so that that we we kind of avoid that for the most part which is what the issue was last year like i said uh, with having groups of four go through, we kind of brought that back up. Um, I don't think we've had a major problem. There's only one time I can think of where two guys were going through and they were kind of being clowns, which is, you know, you can be a clown, but just don't mess up our stuff. You know what I mean? If you want to spend your experience joking around, that's totally fine for you. But they were they were like pushing over props and stuff. And so they had to leave. They had to get the heck out of there. But um, for the most part, we've been very, very lucky. I would imagine that at haunted houses where they're letting in bigger groups of four to eight, I would imagine they deal with it multiple times a night. Hmm. That sounds yeah. like no fun at all. That's not, and it sounds like no. you really enjoy this. And this is another question where I bet I know the answer. Oh, boy. You're going to do this for the rest of your life, right? Like, it you sounds like what? you have no plans <laughs> of stopping this, right? Yeah, there was a year, uh, there was a year where I thought to myself, uh, things weren't quite coming together. Um, it was just, you know, again, not to get into boring stuff, but, you know, issues with, you know, permits and stuff like that. And, you know, and or not even that, but just like, hey, this building that we were going to rent fell through. And then it was very last minute and we didn't know what to do. That was in 2012. In 2012, that happened. It was sort of last minute. We lost the building we were going to be in. And um, and I didn't know what to do. And I thought, you know what? Maybe this is the first year we take a year off and regroup next year. It got down to like the the two weeks before we would have had to like start this thing. And I said, you know what, everybody? Emergency meeting. I cannot do it. I cannot do a year without doing nyctophobia. And they were all like, I'm so glad you said that because we were getting antsy. And, you know, they would have all probably worked in other ones because they would have, you know, had to scratch that itch. You know what I mean? Uh, so we did it, and that was when we rented the motel rooms. It ended up being so much better than it would have been because we had this weird sort of theatrical experience that literally was in the real world. We rented these motel rooms. You had to go in, and I, I kid you not, we actually successfully had an element of time travel that year, which was like, I couldn't believe it worked, but we convinced, not convinced them, I guess, if they knew it was fake, but at the end of it, they, they would say, they would come up to me and say, I actually understood and bought that in I went in the bathroom there was this loud noise and it stopped and then the actor told me with the date and I totally bought it I felt like I was back in time and so that was awesome and it came up because the other thing fell through the more kind of traditional in our respect thing fell through where we were going to continue what we did in the first two years so it was almost a you know it was almost a happy accident that we tr- we took that risk and it worked out and now we're sort of you know merging it all together so cool I mean 
this podcast, like, I try to talk to people who have, like, uh, taken these, like, obsessions they have and <laughs> yeah. harnessed them. And right. I, I, so even with that in mind, like, I've spoken to other people that have done this. I rarely talk to someone who I feel like zeroed in so, at such an early age on such a specific thing and then yeah. has just attacked it um, full force. It's so – and in such an, a smart, interesting way. I wish I still lived on the East Coast so I could go check this out. I mean, obviously right, it sounds right, yeah. like a really um, – it sounds like you are doing a very interesting, if not haunted house, whatever, whatever we're, we, we should be calling right, it. Right, whatever it is. I mean, you should look around out there because, it, it, like I said, this is now becoming a genre. And, you know, someone that is maybe looking at it from a competition angle might think, uh-oh, now we've got competition. I think it's great because it really pushes all of us to do better and be more clever because you can't just be doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. So now this will eventually become – I mean, the first haunted house – Someone started it, and then other people ran with it. And what was that guy going to sit around and be like, hey, you stole my idea, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He had to keep building and growing, I would assume, whoever the hell that was. And so in the same respect, I say bring it on. Anybody that's doing similar stuff, bring it on. Don't do what we did because what's the point? Do something new. Do something that's going to force us to be clever and really think and do something that hasn't been done. And so that's where we're at right now. We're still at the front of it, I think. It's not necessarily you know, the most common thing, but I just, I'm very excited to see where it goes as a fan as well. I love going to them. I'm excited to see the future of this. And, uh, I'm just really excited about the whole thing. It's, it's a lot of fun. Do you ever think that maybe you could do these, uh, beyond October? There is a haunted house, I believe in Times Square that's open all year yeah, round. And I'm assuming it's, it's bad, but like, do you know what it's called? Uh, no. Yes. Yeah, say Times Square. What do you think? Oh maybe? yeah. It's yeah. Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so Times Square. Now it's fun. I went to it. It opened up. It is a year round thing. And there are other haunted houses that will open up at Christmas and, um, Val Blood Manor does Valentine's Day, which I went to, um, I won tickets to that. So I was like, okay, cool. Why not? I'm actually big on, and I, this probably once again stems from, it's not necessarily a, a business in my mind so much as it is a passion thing. I really like to keep it to October. Like, I won't even extend to September or November. I, I'm very, very big on this is Halloween, and this is a Halloween thing. I, you know, I will go to your Christmas show. I will go to your Valentine's Day show. I've considered doing things that weren't necessarily scary throughout the year, which I'm sure I will do at some point that aren't Halloween-themed. You know, no ghosts and stuff like that. Just something that is maybe like um, kidnapping. It's a lot less Halloween-related. Um, throughout the year but for now i'm definitely interested in keeping it to october really just for that and we try to keep it um to something that is halloween related like the last two years involved a ghost aspect um this year you know i, I can't say for sure because uh um you know again i don't want to give anything away but there's always i'm gonna try to keep an aspect that kind of keeps it to october as opposed to one of the common um one of the common not complaints but the common criticisms of some of these types of things is they say what does this have to do with Halloween? Like if you go to one that like kind of handcuffs you and puts like a, a gag in your mouth or something like that. Not that I'm saying that happens for sure. Maybe if it does, I don't want to spoil it. But that people ask, well, what did that have to do with Halloween? And I totally get why that. Why did I pay and to so, have that done? Well, I mean, you know, why do pe people that are afraid of horror movies wonder why people go pay to see sure, a horror sure, movie? Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's weird people out there, I guess, but I'm one of them. So I love it. Uh, so I, I think it's... Um, I think, you know, it's perfectly fine if you want to do it in different times of the year, but I like to keep it to Halloween just for, for that reason. That makes sense. I have one last bonus question. Oh, boy, hit me. It is, you know, that time of the year for everyone that's listening, not for us just quite yet, maybe for you. Could you recommend a horror movie that perhaps people are not familiar with? Hmm, a horror movie that people aren't familiar with. Um, you know... It's, it's weird because for me, um, I, I like to be like really sort of unnerved, um, and so that can scare me, like not a horror movie. Um, I would say one that I just watched recently that's not, it's not a horror movie at all, really, but it is very sort of eerie is a, a movie called Coherence, which I think is on demand right now. I just watched uh, that too, actually. It was great. Yeah, what do, you, do you think I'm wrong in saying that it's kind of, it kind of gives you that creepy vibe? You, totally, uh, that's probably not very, what you're thinking. But. No, uh, very much so. It's, right. I, I guess I'd file it under science fiction if I wasn't thinking about it, um, but it de it's definitely like unsettling and quite right. good. It's a lot like, um, it's very reminiscent, at least, of Primer. Uh, oh, the totally. Movie Primer. I said it's, it's exactly, it is totally um, Primer for... Um, whatever i don't want to spoil it obviously for yeah, this type yeah, of yeah. the primer is one of my favorites so that's that's exactly what i was thinking yeah, it's, a low it's, budget. A, it's a low budget um right. horror it's a low budget movie with like a really big and uh idea in the middle of it it, well, it was pretty yeah. good 
that's exactly why I like it because it's low, you don't need a big budget to mess with someone's mind. It's the exact same thing that I'm always trying to do. So I think that's why I gravitate towards yeah, uh, I guess it's really those types. It's a small movie with like big ideas like Primer. Yeah. Like, um, so yeah. Also Xander from Buffy is in it. Oh yeah, that's right. And also, the uh, is that the, is that the guy? Um, is that the guy that said he was an actor in the movie? Or no, I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, in the right, movie, yeah. there's like a, he is he used to be an actor on a teen show on the WB, specifically yeah. Roswell, which is a real show, which I thought was kind of right, well, weird. Was he on it? Was that real? No, I don't know. he was on Buffy. He was on Buffy. Right, so he was on Buffy. Okay, I had to look it up and I couldn't figure it out. He's like but, Buffy's. Um, he, oh, he's Buffy's best friend. Gotcha. Okay, so I meant for Roswell. I didn't know anything about that show. So I can't believe I, you're that in a haunted houses and you don't know anything about Buffy. Oh, I, yeah. You know what? Uh, that was a little bit before I really got into this stuff. I guess. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so Nyctophobia is the house. It is on Long Island. Uh, obviously, if you're in the area, it sounds like you definitely need to be checking it out this season. Is it open all October? Yeah. It's it's uh, weekends in October. It's you know what? By the time this comes out, I don't even. It might be sold out, which usually happens because it's a very limited thing. So that's kind of hard to say for sure. But we, I would say, um, it's it's on Saturdays and Sundays in October, three weekends. Um, and if it is sold out at this point, that someone is listening to this, your best bet is we usually do have um, some extra slots open up from cancellations that we give away, or we usually just give them away at that point on Facebook.com/slash/nyctophobiahaunt. So that's maybe that's a possibility of a way of getting in there. Definitely check it out. Uh, it sounds amazing. Eric, thank you so much for talking. I feel like I learned a oh, lot this afternoon. Thank you very much for having me. I, this was great. I love talking about it. It's got the gears working for me now, so I'm sure I'll have to go and start writing down some more ideas that are cooking up in my head just from talking about it. So thank you. If you live on or around Long Island, you need to go to Nyctophobia, right? And if it's already sold out for this year, I would put it in your calendar for next year because that sounds incredible. I will be back in two weeks with a new episode of the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show. If that is too large of a gap, if you miss me, we can hang out on Twitter where I am at Jeff Rubin Show. I got a Facebook fan page. I got a Tumblr, the whole thing. But the thing I want to mention right now is Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show.com where you can get every episode of this show. I'm finding a lot of people uh, who have discovered the show um, somewhere since episode one, uh, they, they never went back and listened to some of the classics. Someone just uh, tweeted at me that they really enjoyed the episode with Rob Alvey from uh, Theme Park Review. And I was like, you know, there's two episodes with Rob Alvey. If you go back uh, all the way to the start, the one we did recently uh, about water parks, I also talked to Rob about roller coasters. It was like one of the first ideas I had for a podcast. It's episode seven or something. Um, so if you came in the middle... I'd encourage you to go back and uh, check out the Jeff Rubin, Jeff Rubin Show archives. Some true classics in there. Uh, that is all at JeffRubin, JeffRubinShow.com. Um, you can reach me through that website, through any of these websites. Um, let me know what you think of the show, suggestions or guests for future episodes. I love getting those. Uh, and I think that's it. I'll see you guys in two weeks. <laughs>